Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me here on Life, It's a Big Faith Journey as we discuss the importance of affirmations. These are spoken words to you that motivates, inspires, and encourages you to take action and to realize your goals. These words put together in a sentence that you repeat often in order to imprint them on your subconscious mind. This repetition can change your habits, your behavior, your point of view, and your life. When thinking logically and when making decisions, you have heard the phrase, use your head. Your head is the most powerful weapon you could ever possess. It is where your thoughts are created, and it allows you to speak those thoughts out loud to the world. Your head can lead you to success, or it can get you in a world of trouble. And just like any weapon, that vessel gives you the ability of how to correctly use it for the opportunity to protect life or to destroy it. So sit back for a few moments and let's think about how choosing our words can change our own lives as well as leave a legacy that impacts the lives of others. I also want you to be thinking about children and the importance of our words to them and how this creates their lives. And know this, that regardless of our age, we will always have a need for affirmation in our lives. We need affirmation from our parents, teachers, mentors, friends, family, children, and our spouses. We need to hear from our bosses at times about how they feel that we're doing at work. And for this reason, I feel that employee evaluations and reviews are so good for the workplace. It is helpful for both the boss and the employee and can make for a much better work environment and the production process. Employees need an opportunity to sit in front of the boss and have a conversation from time to time. It's good for morale and motivation. It will either inspire you to keep doing a great job or do better, or maybe you discover that you need to find a new job. These days, you often hear people say, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks. But truth be told, for the most part, we really do care about what others see in us and what they think. It matters to us on how well that we do in this life. Since Jesus wants us to be a good example and to represent him, we should care to that degree what others think and feel about us. And in human nature, most of us really do want to be liked and well thought of, and we should. People may not remember every word that you said to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. It is so important. This will determine how much they will like you or not. And it will also determine how you will be remembered by them as well. I'm not saying making people like you is the goal. The goal is caring enough. The goal is truly the love as Jesus wants us to have and to be, and helping someone else see the potential in their lives. But that doesn't mean it's all sunshine and roses. Sometimes it is tough love. Tough love doesn't mean you make someone not like you, 
or that you have to feel bad for saying anything. It means you have to sometimes get out of your cozy comfort zone and maybe take a little bit more time and effort helping them. It means you have their best interest at heart. As I share some of the people with you today that have helped my life, listen to what kind of people they were and think of those that you have been impacted by as well as how you may have been doing this with those people in your life who look to you for what you bring to the table for them. My Marie, she was someone who didn't have to love me, but she chose to, and she made me her own. When I say she made me her own, I mean her friend, who treated me like I was her daughter, like I was someone so dear to her, I made her top list of people, and I felt it. I was a priority. I met her when I moved to a place of all things unknown. I knew no one. And this woman, she loved me unconditionally until she died 30 years later. She never once put me down, and she would instead give me ideas to try. She would always build me up. We could talk every day for hours on end. We cried, and we laughed together, and we cheered one another on. She was all things to me. The one thing these people I share with you today all have in common is that they knew how to lead themselves. Walking their talk before they can inspire me or anyone else who would ever want to take anything that they said seriously or simply be taught by them. Mrs. Clark, she was my third grade teacher, a life changer. She taught like a loving grandmother does. She was such a nurturer and an encourager. She was a gift in my life when I really needed such comfort as a child. She opened the door to my writing skills, and she encouraged me to read the stories to the class. I felt so lost whenever I had to move to the fourth grade, where I had a teacher that was not as nurturing and kind. She was a good teacher, but her personality was not as warm, and we didn't have that unique connection. Yet I am so thankful for both experiences because it taught me a whole lot about the world. Mr. McNeil, he was my fifth grade teacher, and he was gruffy at times, but I was never afraid of him. Many kids probably were. But I saw his heart, and I felt safe around him because he had a genuine heart for all of us and a passion for teaching us. Mr. Anurl, he was my music teacher at school, and he loved my voice, and he helped promote my talent. He believed in me when I didn't have enough belief in myself. And it got me strong enough to begin to fly the nest of feeling my potential, to discovering my own confidence. And that was wonderful. Richard Jackson, he was my pastor, and he baptized me. He taught me to accept change in my life, and that by doing so, I could have opportunities. I wasn't always stuck in the same thing, comfortable always doing the same thing, that I had to accept change in order for things to happen in order for doors to open up, in order for life to be different. This got me on my way to not being so afraid to take chances. And by learning to trust God, my faith as a result became 
all or nothing. Learning from Richard Jackson, it set me on my way to feel that I could believe God for anything. Among all the teachers that I've had, in college I had many wonderful professors who really showed their care towards me, and I truly appreciate that. Attending community college and then a smaller private Christian university, I feel that I got that family feel and the places where professors stayed most of their careers. I appreciate how each of these people were real to me. They were not afraid to show their hearts and their personality to me, despite any big title or degree that they may have held. I believe they easily saw my heart, and they could feel that they could trust me to accept the real person in them as well. I appreciate that, and those qualities made me respect them even more. Dr. McDaniel, he was the president of our junior college, and he taught me to speak from my heart to people no matter who they were. As a journalist on my first ever interview, he was the one that I had to interview with, and I told him so. Immediately, instead of sitting behind his big desk, he walked around his desk, and he turned a chair towards mine and he sat next to and facing me. And then he began asking questions of me. He allowed me to be honest and relaxed as he befriended me. Here he was teaching me, me being a student. He showed me that right away he was treating me as an equal. So when I saw him after that, my reaction was quite different. Instead of nervous and anxious, I felt joy and excitement. Through our friendship, I learned that we should place value in ourselves. And so no matter the position a person holds, we should treat that person with respect, as equal, and of value. He had shared with me that he felt that each person's job was important. He said the groundkeeper's job is just as important as mine because he makes this place look so beautiful beautiful for us to come to and enjoy. He showed me that regardless of someone's title, there really is no room to get uptight. We each are important. Just be your true self all the time. Be someone others want to be around. I have always said that you should enjoy your own company. You should enjoy the time that you spend alone with yourself. Sharon Hale She was my admissions counselor and later my intern mentor, and she was also real with me. She was the one who sent me those letters of encouragement for me to become a student at Lubbock Christian University. She made me feel very capable, and she made me feel good about myself through each and every time we spent time together. Her life at times was so complicated and full but she always made time for me and set the example of what I believe a Christian is by the way she handled her own life. She prayed for me in her office and she comforted me when times were tough in my life. She set the example for me and she mentored me. I watched Heather, one of my dearest friends from college, rise from the ashes more than once. I am so grateful that we never lost touch. 
because her testimony of life, it has always encouraged me when I had to even encourage this 19-year-old young college girl. She too was real to me. Heather has experienced so many facets of life, and she did so with courage even whenever she had to fake that confidence at times. No matter how many times she was kicked to the ground, that girl got up and she kicked off the dust every time. And now 20-something years later, this woman has accomplished many goals, and she's led a team of writers. She lives in a beautiful home, loving her family, and married to a man that she's always dreamed of. She is my beauty from ashes, my girl of perseverance, time and time again, inspiring me to never give up. I have had plenty of people choose me. People like Jewel and Dewey Ferris, Grandma Sandy, who were not my blood grandparents, but they stepped up and they became mine. My Marie, Moselle, Gisela, all who didn't have to love me, but they did. I was adopted by their hearts and chosen by them to be part of their lives. They made it easier for me to know how to love people I barely knew, or didn't know at all, or knew all too well. They go to show that when one part of your world lets you down, there is another part of the world waiting to embrace you. Just ask Jesus to send the right people into your life. I miss my mentors, my older ladies, like my Marie, who were so good at that type of thing. These are the ladies that you could trust and you could ask advice of, and they were ladies of integrity, because they were not trying to be judgmental, while they made me feel so special to them and to myself. They poured life into me, and they helped me to take out that which wasn't good for me in my best interest. By all of this, my love and admiration grew for them. I miss and still need that support, but I also realize that it's my turn. I've stepped into their shoes. Jesus, he's the greatest example of leading oneself first before being able to lead others. He walked his talk. You see, when I say lead yourself, I mean you must take care of yourself, your needs, and then you must know what you are asking of yourself and do it. You need to know who you are and what your purpose is. If you're going to walk your talk, you must know what your talk is about. You must hold yourself to a high standard, meaning you must have discipline and accountability to the Almighty God and yourself. Write your questions down and talk to God about them and keep praying over them. Consistency is the key to everything. Every success depends on it. By leading yourself first, you are what you want to see in this world. Be good to yourself and make time for self-care so that when you give of yourself, you are giving the best of who you were meant to be. For a moment, let's focus on kids and parenting. Where do we learn our parenting skills from? I believe we do this by the examples that we've had. We take the good and we use it, and then we pick apart anything else and use what we feel is helpful 
And then it is simply by living in our roles as parents to do what we seek to learn and by trial and error. Yes, it's okay to mess up on some things, and it's perfectly okay to apologize for doing so. In fact, it is so good. It is such a good lesson for your child as well to see you apologize to them. Being real, like I have shared about the other people in this podcast, it opens the door to so much more in someone's life, like it has for someone like me. It's a game changer, a difference maker, a life giver. I have always admitted that I am not perfect. I have admitted to my children that I am learning and changing as I go as a parent, just like you are growing and changing as a child to an adult. Because as a child grows, our parenting has to change as well. Being a parent of a newborn, it changes as the child grows. We have to grow our skill set along the way. The most important thing to note is that each and every child is unique. And what parenting skills you've learned from one may be for the most part null and void with the other. Follow the uniqueness of each child. For example, one of my grandsons, he's experienced a lot as a young child, and because he has had a time, kids like to trigger his emotions and see how to make him upset. They think it's funny, but it's not. He has clearly been one that values the importance of hearing us tell him whether he's doing a good job or if we like this or that. He is a child who wants to know what we think, and he wants to do it well. He wants that reassurance before he dives in too deep. And of all these positive ways we choose to parent him, they have truly benefited him and we as his family. As he's grown, I see this confidence rising. This child has been bullied in school for being small, and he's went through a really tough time of his parents' divorce when he was really young, and all the other types of things that life throws at a kid. But since time has passed, and healing is ongoing and happening, he's learned more as he's been able to talk about it, and learn to deal with things, and so it's important that he's had the assurance of reaffirming him as his confidence is rising and he is desiring and eager to open his heart and share with others some of the important things that he's learned. Affirmations are important, and he's also a child of affirmation. He wants to know he's doing a great job. He wants to please. He has that great level of confidence that depends on you as the adult to nurture. It is not wise to compare him to others. That stunts his emotional growth and how he sees himself. He's a child. Want to make him sore? It's all in pointing out his strengths first and then giving him pointers on how he can become even better. And he will because that is who he is and that is what he requires. It is also important to note to him that while he is really great in some areas, He is simply not meant to take on the whole show or that particular one or may simply not be made for other things. It's all in the words and how we use them with him. And oh, 
What a thinker he is, and it shows when he speaks. We can be that person someone can learn from, or we can be that person someone despises. Children and parents remember this one. Children, including teenagers, should treat their parents with respect, according to Ephesians 6.2. But it cuts both ways. So, in Ephesians 6.4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Of course, children can get angry for no good reason, but the point is, don't give them a reason. Remember, you as their parents are the first and foremost, most influential teachers, and they learn their parenting from you, and this will determine what skills they will choose to take from you or not. I've never been a fan of the disciplinarian parent, because I feel Jesus is our example. And he not only really loved children, he gave them his utmost attention. I believe discipline is an important component in our lives, but we should never use it to the point that it causes a child to hate or resent. Remember what I said in the beginning of this podcast concerning how people make you feel? A person may not remember every word you said to them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Lessons should teach and show them the way where they need to be. A parent's discipline should never bully or continue to make them feel the lesser. Lessons have to show them where they were wrong and how to get where they need to go now and give them the opportunity to do so. Not prolong any agony, but move on. It should never tear a child down and be any part of destroying how they are to feel about themselves. Aside from family, having a wonderful husband, parents, children, and grandchildren, there have been even some not-so-good relationships with other people who cover the rest of the people in my life. But all of these people have given me parts of their lives and experiences to mold myself into who I am and who I choose not to be. We have the choice, so do not let your future be determined by the negative influences in your life. Move past it. Be who you are and all you can be, all you choose to be. I am always reminded of the great prayer warrior that my maternal grandmother was, and I try to be that. Even though my paternal grandmother, she's been gone since the early 90s, when I have dreams of her, she always reminds me of the great love that she and I shared, and she reminds me to have great strength. She tells me that I'm the strong one now, and she is very proud of me. So as I'm looking ahead, I can't help but look back from where I have been and how I got to this point. People do that. I often think about how greatly loved I was as a young child in my formative years, and I can't help but remind myself of those affirmations of love and who God says I am. Even if you didn't have a great childhood, know this. God has always loved you, and He has had a plan for your life. I like who I am and who I have become. I even enjoy spending time with myself. I value myself. And by doing so, I realize how much more that I value others. Thank you, Jesus, 
and all of you for your help in making me who I am today possible. I love you. There is not a day that goes by that I do not think of the importance of how we treat one another. Those we love should feel like the most important people in the world to us. My husband, he should always feel welcomed and that he matters to me, that I am happy to see him each day. He is the other part of me. He should always feel like I am the one he can always count on, that I am on his side, that he is my very best friend. My children, they should feel they are the most important people in my life. Children have surrounded my entire life, and from my own childhood, I know how important it is to feel value, to need affirmation. We all need words of affirmation, not only children, but each of us, even adults. Life is hard at times, and each of us struggle from time to time. No matter how positive we attempt to be, we still have our moments in time. We still have stuff happen to us to bring us down, to disappoint us, and discourage us. There is not one person alive that doesn't need to hear encouraging words, even if we're not feeling blue, but even just wanting to celebrate something. Because encouraging words, they just help us continue along the way. Those words get us a little bit further, help us to motivate us to be a little bit stronger. We not only need to speak them over ourselves, but we need to hear them from those who know us the best. You know, I recently said to you that sometimes your smile can turn someone's day completely around. So do your words. I believe those formative years of our lives are vital to hearing those confident building words repeat themselves in our adult lives. My daddy was truly so great at that. He was always telling me I was beautiful and smart, and he actively spent time playing with me. My confidence wasn't conceited, but it was instilled in me, so much so that when he took me places, for example, whenever he would set me on the counter of the country store in our farming community, the storekeeper would come up and he would say, you are so beautiful. And I would always respond with, I know my daddy always tells me that. Formative years. They establish the level of confidence a child will carry into their lives. Let them dream. Let them pretend. Let them be innocent children. As an adult, they will always reflect, refer, and remember the special time in their lives. So remember to allow your children of today this opportunity. When they are talking to you, listen. Put all other things and distractions aside and look them in the eye and give them your full attention. Those same principles apply to people of all ages. Listen to me. Pay attention, bosses, business associates, employees, every person alive. Make other people feel they are the most important at that moment to you. The world is cruel enough, and children will one day have to be in it, and let teenagers be kids too, because one day 
they too will have to go to work and probably for the rest of their lives and make important decisions then. So let them be kids for as long as they can. As for you, be the change that you want to see by making people feel important to you, and then you will always be important to them. I heard this saying the other day, and I believe this with all of my heart, especially when raising a child. If you treat an individual as if he were what he ought to be and could be, he will become what he ought to be and could be. You know, this applies to all people of all ages. Bosses, just think, if you treated your employee as if he or she was what he or she ought to be and could be, he or she will begin to see themselves as so and work towards being what he or she ought to be and will be. This is how you invest in your people. Your investment, then, is more about your time than it is about your money. Those people who've made an impression on my life, I've allowed their legacy to live on in me by taking those impressions and lessons learned, by incorporating them into my own lifestyle and sharing those things with the world. This is how legacies are supposed to work. What will your legacy say about you to those that you've made an impression on? And what kind of legacy, what kind of impression will it be? Do you think it's too late? Nope. Here's the good news. You're not getting out of that one. You can start anew today. Will your legacy be a positive, life-giving impact upon their lives? Or will you be the person they choose? that they say you are all the things that they don't want to be. Did you give them any of your time? And what kind of time was it? What will they remember about you from that time? Did you put your phone down and pay attention? The good news is that you have all the opportunities right now to be the deciding factor of the fate of your own legacy. It belongs to you right now. You get to choose what you want your legacy to reveal about you and to teach the world. You get to choose what you leave behind to continue on in someone else. I know life can be tough, really tough, but don't let this world determine your life. Let your change change the world one person at a time. And let the change begin in you first. Learn to lead yourself. If you don't feel like you have a good support team, then begin by talking to your Heavenly Father about that. And take some sticky notes or index cards and begin writing affirmations on them and leaving them in places that you can see. And begin speaking positive words about yourself. Even if you don't feel like it, just do it. Speak your words out loud. Hear your voice speaking to yourself, and your words will become your thoughts, and you will begin envisioning yourself being all of those things. Don't stop. Keep going each and every day, and then this new attitude, it will become your life, and you will then find people wanting to have what you have, 
wanting to feel about themselves the way you feel about yourself, confident and happy and satisfied. Thank you for deciding to come and spend some of your time once again listening to me. Until next time, be good to yourself.